Welcome to I'll Start Monday, a podcast that discusses issues that affect us all, from mental health and well-being to finances and careers, but which we have a tendency to put on the long finger. Every day in Ireland, more than 200 people give up smoking, and with Nicorette, you could join them. Join the quitters with Nicorette, clinically proven to help you quit for good. Based on Healthy Ireland 2021, Nicorette contains nicotine. Stop smoking aid. Requires willpower. Always read the label. This episode, we're looking at parenting. Now, don't worry. We're not about to tell you how to raise your kids. There are as many opinions on parenting as there are parents. Instead, we're going to talk about some of the common issues and concerns all parents face. And to help us, we have Linda Quigley, a mum of three and a paediatric nurse with over 22 years experience. She became well known for sharing practical nursing and parenting advice through her popular Instagram page, Nurse Styler. Linda, you're very welcome to I'll Start Monday. Thank you very much for joining us. How are you? Great. How are you? Good. How's your day so far? Busy, but it's fine. It's yeah. nearly over, so it's fine. You were working today? Yes, yeah. and uh, home to the three to get them out. So, um, yeah, I'm here and delighted to be here. If you could just tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what it is you do. So, yeah, so I've been working in paediatric nursing basically since I qualified. So I went to the UK actually to do my general nursing, came back here, did postgrad and have stayed ever since in the paediatric circle. So, yeah, it's 23 years this year and... I think I'm very lucky to be able to say I absolutely love what I do. Um, I don't know how many more people can say that. But and every day is so different. I don't think you ever get used to it. Um, You just learn to deal with different situations, you know, and I suppose as a parent, I probably would be a bit weepy with parents when they're getting information. But, you know, it's it's a, a lovely rapport that you have with both the kids and parents. So, yeah, so that's my background. And the kids are my own are 16, 14 and 11 and two boys and a girl. And I'm kind of glad I had the girl last, I have to say, because, oh, my God, like <laughs> boys are great. They're so basic. They just punch and move on while the girls are just I think she's just too like me. Yeah. Plus she has her dad wrapped around her little finger so that doesn't really help. Right. But yeah, it's good grounding for having two older brothers I think and for all three of them I just have two golden rules and the first one is just be kind and have manners is a big thing for me like manners cost nothing. The other one is tell the truth and you won't get into trouble. Now, that doesn't always come to fold because well, you might get a little bit of trouble. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I don't have on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be okay, trouble. <laughs> yeah, it is. But I think as well, trying to explain to them the ages that they are, that don't lie where you are. It's not about me being controlling. It's a safety issue. So if you've said you're in Johnny's, but you're actually in Daniel's and you're heading off into town, like then that that's when we get cross. Mm, you know, yeah. it is a safety issue, totally. and it's so different to when we were growing up. You know, I mean, I'm 46 and you know you just went out you came back in when the street lamps were on or you were hungry like there was no big deal and now it's just a different ball game you know trying to keep them safe so yeah um, the sport thing comes into play there as well but um, yeah so that's that's me Well it looks like you're li- you're living it anyway so, and wh- so why do you love so the paediatric side of things the job what is it that you love about it Just kids are brilliant um, and when the they start to feel, or? yeah, love the babies, love the the smallies, the toddlers, their gas, um, and I think once a child starts to feel better, they forget they're sick. Like they're just brilliant. Mm. You know, they don't like as in they move on. Yeah, and they're you know, and once you have obviously if they're unwell and their pain is controlled and they start to feel better with antibiotics, whatever the reason that they're, you know, t- attending outpatients or inpatients, they just go back to themselves. 
So it's just brilliant. Mm. And I mean, who doesn't love holding a baby? I mean, babies are just gorgeous. So I suppose in my career, I've worked in a lot of areas over the 23 years. I suppose I have another about 20 to go before I can retire. So just as well, I love it, I suppose. Yeah, great. So tell us about, so you have an Instagram page. Yeah, Nurse L Styler. The reason I set that up was because over my years of working not just in work, but, you know, among my friends as well. We were quite young having our youngest. We were 30. And in this day and age, that's quite young. And I felt that everyone's opinion was, oh, she's a paediatric nurse. You'll know what to do. But I knew what to do with the sick baby in, you know, an environment with other professionals around. (laughs) Suddenly I was at home with this very lucky, healthy nine pounder who was just starving. And I was like, this baby, like he can't be hungry again. But he was. And I suppose we had bought a house in a new estate. So everyone went out to work at seven, came back at seven. So it was quite isolating. And I was kind of a bit taken aback that I didn't really enjoy my first maternity leave. So between that and talking to parents over the years and work, I just felt, do you know what? It cost me nothing. Set up the page and just try to give a few useful tips on newborns. It started off with newborns. So I just have a little um, demo doll that I do. I'm a practical learner, so I think it's much easier to kind of show people how to do things. So anything from basic, from how to hold a baby for a vaccine to pull on a nappy to clean the umbilical cord area. And I will always say, look, these are just a guide. And this is just from my experience. I'm not saying that this is the right or wrong thing to do because everyone's babies are different. And my own three were very different. So, you know, I just try and give useful tips. So everything I put, I put into highlights so they can click in and click out. Now, I'm not great. Now, I, I don't know how to do a reel. I'm not up to date with all that stuff. But I get lovely feedback. And that's the reason I've kept it going, to be honest. Most people are very kind. You know, you are going to get that minority, but you just have to learn to ignore that. Like I put up things like, you know, last year we experienced on holidays, we had to call an ambulance for one of ours. He was fine, but it needed an ambulance. And stupidly I'm normally always on the ball and I was so cross myself that I hadn't brought the European health cards and not many people know that you if you're going travelling in Europe these just are gold dust for if you require you know medical attention obviously you can have your health insurance and your travel insurance and all of that but this is what they ask for and so I put up a story about it and it wasn't like poor me we had to call an ambulance but it was to say look if you're going away it takes five minutes to to apply for it online you know they've got a short expiry date so just keep an eye on the expiry date whatever and the amount and I I genuinely mean it the amount of messages came back oh my god my son's going off in Erasmus year I didn't realise his stout date or thanks so much like that kind of stuff it's not you know, to become famous or get a name. It's about just offering helpful information. Mm. So that's why I set it up and it's grown nicely. And um, yeah, most people are just really, really happy with it. So that's why I kept going with it. Once you're getting the good feedback, I suppose, and well, people are it. interested. In, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, and I suppose, is it mostly, is it mostly new parents that are sort of, you're, you're, you're talking to? Um, it It is mostly new parents, yeah, because I do focus on the baby doll a good bit. But then, you know, they would say, oh, your kids are similar ages to mine. You know, how do you talk to them about the facts of life or whatever? Now, I'm very um, conscious of my own kids' 
privacy and I don't, you know, they're not on it. Because um, I wouldn't do it to them, you know, that they, they didn't ask to be on it. Well, you're not going to sit them down and, and, no, and, and say, do a video do where, you, where you talk no, to No, but I use a guide of, look, this is the book I used, mm. um, give it a go. Or if you're finding that tricky, maybe try that. This is what I did. I'm not saying that that's what's right or, you know, I would hope to think it's not wrong what I'm giving. But, you know, it's just a guide. And um, and sometimes I do have to say, listen, I'm really sorry, you're going to have to go to GP or and I will always say if you're worried as a parent, go with your gut and seek medical advice. If you're worried, don't be messaging me at two o'clock in the morning to say that your baby has a temperature. What do you think? I do say that a lot, like the ED departments are open 24 seven. And any kind of up to date news I'll put up there. So, you know, if your child has to go for a blood test uh, in Dublin for any of the paediatric hospitals, you can't just walk in anymore like you used to with your GP blood forms. You have to book online. So, uh, you know, that's another highlight. So things like that that people mightn't actually realise are kind of up there. There's things I suppose people take for granted about, um, I might take for granted about, you know, being a new parent and coming home with a child and, you know, suddenly it's just the two of you and this mm. child and this is your first time. And very practical things like changing a nappy or if you're if you're not breastfeeding, making up a bottle or sterilizing or all that. I mean, there's there, it's when you think about it, I mean, I, I feel very lucky in that when I was younger, I would have babysat neighbors and I had nieces and stuff like that. So I was mm. sort of involved in helping out. Um, but I, for a lot of people, it, it, that's not the case. No. And, you know, some parents have never held a baby. So, you know, and they're so afraid of picking up the baby in case, mm. you know, they, they're doing it wrong. So again, like I always say, just cup the back of their head so you're supporting their neck. So whether you're moving it into a place of sleep or into the bath or, you know, whatever it is, always just scoop their head so you have their neck muscles protected. Um, things like, you know, if you put them down to sleep and you notice that they always turn their head to the right when, they, when they're sleeping. Gently in between feeds, alternate the head motion so the neck muscles don't get stiff on one side. So if you're moving it gently over to the other side, you're basically doing physio. So they'll actually move it over, you know, so because babies will move to the way they want to move. So if they're nice and cozy on their right, they've no intention of moving their head to their left. So you have to help them do these things. And that's my point across all of the time. You know, we have to teach them. And uh, if we don't teach them, they're never going to learn. And it's like, it always happens, doesn't it? It's kind of cycles. So newborn, you have to teach them how to sleep, how to feed. And um, then toddlers, how to sit down, how to eat. You're doing it again. And then teenagers, how to behave, how to, you know, yeah, so yeah. we're always constantly teaching. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Stop eating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that, that, that tip about the, the turning over and the, I, like I, I have two children. I'm. They're, yeah. they're they're grown now, but I never actually would have thought of that. I mean, I, I, I kind of knew about the when they were young that they might get flat the back of the head might get flat. If yeah, with the side of their head can get flat if right, you're not yeah, moving yeah. it over over side. So the tummy time obviously is to strengthen the, you know, the muscles here and the shoulders and, and the arms and that. But it's also to prevent flat head. So we do natural physio with the babies that we don't realise why we're doing it, if you know what I mean. And I think parents are afraid of moving the baby in case they wake when yeah, they're asleep. Of course. And you're like, yeah, but it won't. If it's asleep, you're OK. You can do it really gently. Um, and things like, you know, I get asked, how do I bath the baby? And I'm saying, yeah, good point. How do you bath the baby? Like, it can be very scary because they're slippery little eels. So I personally always say, look, if you're living in an apartment and you you don't have a bath as such, 
Um, so you need to fill something to bath your baby. That's one thing. But if you do are in a house and you have the advantage of having a bath, don't go out and buy the big fancy bath tub thing. You know, you can go into Smith's or you can go into any of the baby stores and you can buy these. I always had Ferraris. And I hope my husband doesn't listen to this because he killed me. But anyway, I bought it because A, it's five euros and you can replace it if you want. And it's basically like a big body sponge shape of a baby. And the idea is that you fill your bath up like you would always do it, um, cold, hot, cold. So check the temperature with your elbow. That's the way I Check the temperature with your elbow. I I remember I was told that very young. Now, you can buy a fancy thermometer if Mm. you want and throw it into the bath. But anyway, check it with the elbow. And when you push in that sponge, like a little puddle happens and you pop your baby in it. But it means that you've your two hands free. So you don't have this slippery little baby in your hand and you're trying to grab the sponge, you're trying to clean it down. It's just practical little things that I never panicked when, you know, Dave would say, I'll I'll go and bath the baby. And I'd go, oh, OK, I'll just fill the, the sponge because I knew they would be safe in this little puddle of water. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Their legs are going, their arms are going. Yeah. And I think we can get so caught up in buying the latest thing in the baby shop. And there's so much stuff, you know yourself, it just takes the space and you probably used it once and then you're trying to give it away. So from that point of view, I say, just be practical. What do you really need? Like you need a changing mat to change their bum. You need, you know, a baby sponge. If you want to get the baby back, get the baby bath. But you just need clothes and things like they're all, what will I do with the clothes when they're in the bath? So I'm always saying, well, if you want to have them warm, put them on the radiator. But be really careful if you've got the baby grow or the vest with the little silver poppers because they can get really hot from the radiator and they can burn them. They're like, oh, never thought of that. So Mm. it's just little things like that. And I think mums and dads these days, like, you know, most couples are working. So they're used to being in their working environment and they're used to, you know, doing their empowering role. And then suddenly it's like, oh, my God, like, what am I meant to do with this little person? So it's and I always say, don't be afraid to admit that. And I was quite happy to admit it on my first set. I remember coming home and looking at him in the cot going, I cannot believe that we are responsible for this little person. Like and going, it's just mad when you look at, you know, the first baby, you don't have time in your second and third to kind of think like that. But you kind of you can get overwhelmed that you are now in charge of this little person. And so I think for for parents, it's been so overwhelming and especially the last two years. I mean, with the no visitors and, you know, the lockdowns and, you know, some even in my own cul-de-sac, you know, one gorgeous couple, they she's from the country and her parents have only seen her baby like twice. And it's just so sad. These are like, you know, those grandparents would maybe four years ago been up every day, every weekend. You know, and helping and visiting, but also taking the pressure off. Well, that's it. Or going for a walk and spending quality time and taking the pictures with grandparents. Do you know all Mm. of that? And, you know, we're very lucky. We're both from Dublin. So and we're very lucky that both sets of parents are alive. But even I found it so abnormal going to my parents and standing outside the front door. I mean, you know, if it were mine had been newborns, I I don't know. Like, I just feel it would have been very hard. yeah, Yeah. And I just feel in the last two years, that's probably why I why I was on so much on Instagram because I felt as a little bit of an out outing for these new parents that you know they could ask advice on things that they might have asked Granny or you know the public health nurse coming to the house or you know a friend that would have called with yeah. a dinner 
something simple or, like or that. Or meeting up with the with the ba- mother and baby group or father and baby group or whatever yeah. and asking questions then or seeing how things are done. And even just things like maybe you're embarrassed to ask a question but your mother calls over or your father calls over. Let's we won't we won't be sexist and your fa- you know your yeah. dad changes the nappy and without even have to ask the question mm. you're like, "Oh, that's how it's done. That's a better way of doing it than I've been doing it or whatever, you know." Even that kind of stuff like just seeing yeah. uh it being done in front of you can mm. can be a huge. So obviously that's why people were drawn to you especially in the last 2 years just to just yeah. just a somebody to ask and, and as you say like you're 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 almost like an it's almost like asking a question and there's no embarrassment, there's no shame, you know. That's it. And I try and be as honest as I can. So, I mean, the winding tip that I give on my page, my mother showed me. So, you know, it's not a magic nursing trick. It's, you know, my mum said, you know, this is the way you win the baby, Linda, you know. And how is that? And is that something you can explain? Yeah, I'll try and let people try and visualise it. So when you have your baby um, and this is one thing as well. Both formula and breastfed babies need to be winded. And I think new parents were like, well, how much do you give like before you win them? So I always say, look, if it's a brand new baby now, don't be going over the one and a half ounce. And then as they put on weight, go two ounces, then two and a half ounces, because I try and get them to think, right, if you were starving and you opened a can of Diet Coke and you're not going to drink it in one go. And if you did drink it in one go, you're just going to be full of gas and feel horrible and cry. Not well, you won't cry, but you'll, you know, be cross. You might cry. You might. I would. (laughs) But, so think about it. Bring everything back to the way you would feel with your baby. And if you do that, then some things might make sense. So, if you have fed your baby a full bottle and they're crying and they're full of wind, they're more than likely going to vomit that feet because they're full of wind. So if you take that little bit away and you've given them, say, two ounces for argument's sake and uh, with breastfeeding, if you know they're starting to get fussy, generally it will mean that they need to be winded. So if you lie your baby across your knees, back down, so the baby is lying facing you, basically, and their head is slightly lower than your left knee, say, but you obviously you're protecting their head, so you have your head cupped. Um, in your hand and just line them kind of tiny bit down (laughs) and then give it about 10 seconds and then lift them up either straight sitting up on your knee or up over your shoulders the one I love and with gravity the wind will move up and you'll hear the burp now if it's someone that's there and nowadays we can have visitors again which is amazing for these parents one tip I would give is whether they're just holding your baby, feeding your baby, winding your baby, always put either a muslin square or um, a household towel belonging to your own home or a face cloth on their shoulder because you don't know what germs are on their shoulder. So with you knowing that they have something belonging to your household on their shoulder protecting it, it stopped the germs from hitting baby's face. Wow. So it's just something simple I always say and I probably sound like a broken record on Instagram saying it but I just say look don't be afraid to say listen oh, I'd love you to hold the baby thanks a million do you mind just putting that on your shoulder if you're going to have them up there you Which know you just can in al- case. You can always say it for your it's, I don't <laughs> Or they might puke they might on you. Vomit yeah. On you. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and the other thing is like we've all become really good at hand washing obviously with COVID but don't be afraid to say when a person comes into your home would you mind awfully washing your hands or putting a bit of hand gel on if you don't mind? And it's not just COVID you're protecting everybody in the household from. We've all forgotten that there's loads of other bugs out there. So just asking those two simple things, you know that you can relax then with your visitor and have your kind of peace of mind and enjoy the 
the little visitation. But it's just those little things that I think are kind of important that you wouldn't think of. You know what I mean? Mm. If uh, on a because you're probably too tired to think of things like that, um, especially with your six weeker or your eight weeker. And the other thing I would say is don't be afraid to say, do you know what? I know, Mary, you were going to call in today. Thanks a million. But actually, I'm actually so tired. Do you mind just holding off? Yeah. That's, you know, that can be difficult, can't it? Because yeah, because we're so Irish and are so afraid of saying afraid of saying no. Yeah. And the house is in a mess and you yeah. feel bad about that or someone's call, calling over and you need to tidy up, but you haven't got the energy, but you do it anyway because, you know, and you sit they there. They might say. Yeah, rather than just saying, listen. <laughs> yeah, you know, because it's a rough night. Yeah, and I don't think people mind. No. You know. Absolutely not. No, they'll be happy enough. Yeah. Happy enough not to call over. They're only doing it because they feel like they should, you know. <laughs> We're not preaching here, right? No. But are there common mistakes that people can make as new parents or what are the, I mean, with the nappy changing and all that kind of stuff. But Yeah. But are there things that, that, that happen a lot that people just don't know about? I, I'm trying not to point a finger or be preachy, but are there common mistakes that you can make? I wouldn't say common mistakes. I'd say there's common kind of little things that babies can get that you mightn't recognise if you haven't seen them before. Okay. So say, let's take thrush for, for instance. So that's a fungal infection and it's nothing wrong that you have done as a parent that your baby has got thrush, right? And more than likely, it's normally because there's toddlers in the house. <laughs> so they've had a quick suck at the soother or they've come over and given the little kiss and fingers stuck in their mouth or, you know, um, they've picked up their bottle without you realising it. And, you know, so it's little things like that that you actually mightn't realise that have happened and are there in your baby. So I suppose, you know, to look out for things would be more so what I would say. So thrush is a really common infection in babies and how you'll know about it is that if their mouth don't look just directly after a feet because their mouths are going to be white from the feet, whether it's breast or bottle bed. Um, so in between a feed and if you see whiteness or redness in their mouth, the one way of really trying to see is that thrush or not is if you get uh, wash your hands, get a clean face cloth and pop your finger around the face cloth and pop it into their mouth. And if it doesn't rub off, it's more than likely thrush. So it can be creamy, it can be white, the outer parts of their lips can be more red. It can also happen on their little bums. And if you see it on bums, it can be either just because they got it or it can be because they are on antibiotic or because they're teething. Lots of little reasons why babies and smallies get these infections. But it's, it's so important for parents to know it's not your fault. Like... It's not that you have neglected your child. It's just something that they pick up. And I don't know about you, but my two of mine went to crash, you know, and they picked up everything. And that's just life. Like, and then you would pick it up, you know. So it's just this circle. But now, you know what, they're big, they're healthy and their immune systems are great. Mm. So it's just, I think we blame ourselves as parents a lot of the time for why didn't I notice that or why didn't I do that or, you know, that kind of a thing. But I always say, but you're doing something about it now. So it's fine. Like they're going to be okay. And I think a lot of it is now people are afraid of being judged because, and I'll bring Instagram into this because they're looking at the Instagram world and they're seeing the perfect baby by some celebrity. And they're thinking, how can I not get myself together like that on a Monday morning at half nine 
with a takeaway coffee in my hand, pushing a stroller with a pair of designer shades. Like, how is that not me? <laughs> because that might have taken two weeks for that person to do that. So don't get sucked in by all of that. Mm-hmm. Don't be comparing yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And and I always say to myself, you know, when I hear the words, well, you know, my Johnny wouldn't do that. And I just think, well, your Johnny is going to do it. So, you know, I always they when they see me coming and work at the students, they think, oh, God, she's going to go to do something. But if you don't do it, you're never going to learn. So I say, have you done this before? No, mom, you're coming with me. We're going to do it now. They're like, well, I've never done it. No, but you haven't, but you're going to do it now. So, you know, and that's how we learn hmm. all of us in life. By making mistakes or trying things Absolutely. or doing things. Yeah, we're not like supposed no to do. Like no one is perfect. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. Do you find that uh, it's sort of linked to what you're saying about like comparing yourself to people on Instagram and how they look at half nine on Monday morning and you're sitting, you know, surrounded by nappies. Do you find that books, although they can be helpful, you know, those books that you're, mm, I mean, week I, I, by I, week I, or I, month by month. Yeah, I did it. Yeah, I read them. My wife read them. We sort of passed them between each other and we passed tips and we sort of had expectations then yeah. when the child arrived that this was going to happen and this is going to happen. And then when they don't sleep, we're going to do this method for getting them to sleep. And, and none of it. Hmm. Like literally, we could have written our own book. Yeah. And I say, I'd say everybody could write their own book. Yeah. On you know what they went through because it's so unique, isn't it? Absolutely. And I think read the book. Go ahead, read the book. No problem reading the book, but just use it as a guide. Mm. Don't get you know consumed with it. And babies are not robots. So you know, baby number one might have been you know done all the tick boxing that. So from not 12 weeks or not six weeks and then at six weeks you're like hang on a second they're not following the thread here but baby number two might be completely different and you mightn't realize that until you're in the thick of it but I think it's great to have a guide because you can be in the middle of you know a muddle of you know you're 11 weeks in and you're thinking okay now we're 11 weeks in here we need to start getting ourselves a bit of a routine now, personally, I never started a routine before 12 weeks because I just felt they were small, they need love, they need, you know, and you're figuring them out, they're figuring you out and you make mistakes in those 12 weeks. Like you might pick them up when they're actually cute out and they know, you know, if I shout a bit louder, she's going to pick me up. But, you know, and then at 12 weeks, you're kind of going, OK, now I feel a bit, I have a bit more energy and I'm ready to do that. But I suppose just don't rush everything mm-hmm. like, you know, and I sound like my mother now, but they do grow up so fast. And I find anyway, the minute they go to secondary school, that's it. It just flies by, you know, because there's there's definitely things that we worry about. Like, I, I know with our children, like we'd be like, well, what age are they now still coming into the bed, you know, in, in the middle of the night? And that used to really kind of concern me. And then I got to a point then where I was like, look, if there's look, if he's still coming into the bed at 21, I've got a problem. Do you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but for now, you know, it's fine. You know, yeah. like, and they I, feel safe. And do you, you th- know? do you think that that's like, do we, th- do we think we're too, I think I was definitely as a dad too concerned with sort of discipline and, mm. you know, getting them to self-soothe and all this kind of stuff. Like, you know, like I, I have memories of me sneaking back into the room and sort of lying on the floor beside the cot, but they didn't know I was there, you know, until they sort of cried themselves to sleep, which I feel bad admitting to now, which I, I feel like was a terrible thing to do. You know, but that was sort of what I thought at the time was the right thing to do. Whereas now I'm like, oh, just I, I'll stay up with them if they need to cry. You know, it's yeah. But I mean, I think that I think they need to have a routine. I do think babies do need a routine um, from about 12, 14 weeks on. And some people will argue and say, whoa, that's way too early. And that's totally your opinion. Mm. So if you want to wait until they're six months and establish on solids, that's fine. 
But, you know, personally, I thought, okay, we have a busy house, so I need to make sure that everyone knows bedtime is between seven and eight, whether they were three or 12 weeks old. That, and I thought for us as well, for our headspace, you know, they're all down. We can sit down and have our dinner. And that may sound really selfish, but if you have smallies running around the place till nine o'clock at night, I mean, no one's going to be in good form the next day. No. And so I just think, you know, again, going back to the book, you know, that might have been a technique that you read and it probably worked. But I just kind of liked kind of a different approach where I made them self-soothed. Absolutely. So they were kind of half sleepy going down. But they weren't in my arms falling fast, fast asleep because I knew I'm in trouble here. And one tip I would give is if you are going to implement something like that from about 12 weeks, a nice way of putting them down is they are semi asleep um, and do the patting technique. And the patting technique basically means that they're kind of dozing off and you're just patting them on their belly, basically. And it reminds them of being in the mum's womb and the heartbeat. So it's just very chilled. It's not, you know, um, and a little bit of white noise. I've always used white noise of mine. But they say now that you're meant to keep that white noise on for their entire sleep during the night. So if they're in your bedroom, <laughs> that's what you're going to be listening to till the morning, if you wish. Now, I used to turn it off, but then I ended up starting to turn it back on again because I was thinking, are we actually waking that baby? <laughs> from us moving around in the bed and snoring and, you know, yeah, all of that. Yeah. So the white noise kind of knocks that sound out so it's all trial and error and that's what I was saying about parenting even from newborn up to where I'm experiencing now it is trial and error but it's about gaining trust and I see that every day in my working life as well you have to gain trust from from kids or you're going to get nowhere and does that help with them so like disciplining your children from you know starting young and, and, and following it through does having does the trust thing, is that very important? I think hugely and uh, honesty is, is huge with me. Um, and I say to them, like, guys, I don't want to be your best friend. I'm your mother. Mm. So <laughs> I don't want to be the cool mom. Like, I'm. you might think I'm being mean, but it's about me wanting to know you're safe. And if you lie to me, you won't see daylight for about two months. Right. But it's not about not let, and you do have to compromise. Like you do have to kind of meet them halfway, I think, when they get to a certain age. Um, but they might know it. But I, if they're saying I'm going to Johnny's house, I would discreetly text Johnny's mum and say, thanks so much for having himself. Um, hope he, you know, any trouble, give us a buzz. So they don't know that you've done it, but I am making sure that that's where he's going. Mm. And it's not about a controlling thing. And I say this to them. It's not about that. It's about, you know, just keep them, keep the lines of communication open. And, you know, I'm sure they think, oh, God, here she goes again. But, you know, I just feel um, the eldest guy would would be chatty uh, and would he certainly wouldn't be telling you anything now. But, he, you know, he'd talk to you. The middle guy, um, I would call silently wild. Right. <laughs> he had a little yeah, glint, yeah. but he didn't lick it off stones. Mm. Um, and then the girls, I don't know about you, but I just find them a different. She's just like talk, 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 you know. Well, it's great, yeah, because you, you, you hear more and you get, you get. Yeah. Uh, and it's especially like things like bringing uh, like my daughter and her friends somewhere 
just home from school or into yeah, school or the, or the chatting when they're sitting in the back like yeah, you, you get 15 it. minutes in the car you get all everything you there that's yeah. The, yeah yeah and with <laughs> the lads they just you know punch each other mm. in the arm and and, uh, <laughs> and say all sorts um but is there one moment good or bad that really stands out for you as a parent i would like to think more good than bad bad i will never uh, forget us losing one of them we were on holidays and I will never forget that fear and horrible feeling where the three of them were there and the middle fella who I always, and this is a tip, if you do have a silently wild child or a toddler, always dress them in really bright colours. So I only ever put orange, yellow or green on that child or bright blue because he'd just be liable to go anywhere. And we were doing clothes shopping and he was saying, oh, can I try this T-shirt? Can I try? I said, in one minute, in one minute, I turned around and he was gone. And he was a blondy, curly little lad. And I just thought, oh, my God, he's gone. So uh, anyway, they shut down the entire shopping centre and the security man. And I was I was really surprised myself. I was so panicked. I just couldn't speak. It felt like five hours I think it was like 18 minutes, but it was a long 18 minutes and he was in the changing room trying on the t-shirt and the whole place had been shut down. And uh, I just remember, I still wake up with that horrible feeling Mm. and good. I have to say we're very lucky. You know, they're not angels by any means, but they're good kids and they've achieved a lot for their ages. The thing I, I, I lost my train of thought, that the thing I want to talk about was sleepovers and staying with friends. And uh, yes, there is that trust thing, but there's also that thing of letting your child be honest about whether they actually want to have a sleepover with a friend and giving them giving them the out Mm. as well because that's kind of important isn't it that that it might f- a child might feel like they have to go and stay and have a sleepover with a friend that they might not want to or I, I can remember telling my children I, it was a tip I picked up I'm sure you've seen it that if you're somewhere and you don't want to be there that you just text the, the letter X and we'll come and collect you and it doesn't matter what situation you're in or what's going on or whatever we'll come and collect you no questions asked you know mm. so it's kind of important as well to sort of have those conversations that, yeah completely you know and boys I don't know. I don't think they're really into sleepovers. Well, mine aren't. They're take or leave it. It's the girls. Mm. Um, and I just try and warn them about the whole phone business. And, you know, like a Snapchat, I'm useless. I don't even know how to log into it. But, you know, I'm just saying to them, like, you just remember if your name is attached to a group or in whatever. I don't think they really use WhatsApp. But you know what I mean? Snapchat or you're out and about and someone's taking a video or a picture. That's there and it's not going anywhere. So you just be very careful in what situations you get. So yes, use the X, you know, if you're uncomfortable and don't follow the sheep. You don't have to be a person because 15 of them are doing it that you feel well, you know. And the other thing I always say is if you're in a situation where you know that you're worried about your pal and they're, you know, getting themselves in a sticky situation. Don't be afraid to ring us and say, Mum, can you come? So-and-so, you know, whatever. Because if it was my child, I would I would be so grateful if someone, you know what I mean? Of course. I just feel like, it's. Re- I, I just feel really sorry for them growing up in, in the times that they are and what they expect themselves to be like. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
I just yeah. think it's it's a really tough one. There's a lot of pressure and, and the social media to yeah. do as well and, and the peer pressure and it's it's every and I th- the thing is it's relentless because the bullying can be in the classroom but with a phone you can bring you, the bullying can be in your bedroom even though like you know when you're when we were young the bedroom was a safe haven mm. the house was a safe haven unfortunately now with phones it can follow you into the house so you have to be very careful and, ha- and have those conversations and, and it goes back to mm. being honest and having honest conversations and, and children feeling like they can talk to you without you know, they won't be reprimanded too severely. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, and, I, and I'm sure that they've come across situations where people haven't been very nice, but they haven't confined it, which in one way kind of makes me a bit sad, but I get it if they were able to deal with it and they've moved on from it, you know, then that's good. That has that to be bad as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah, the social media, the bullying, the whole lot, and it's just, it's a really tough area to kind of, touch on and I think the last two years has been really tough on teenagers with COVID no school no outings you know um, I just think anxiety I'm sure has increased in some households and you know I as I said I saw a different change of personalities when there was no sport because that was their focus you know we were adults so we could understand it and we knew how to deal with it like they, I just feel they've just been through so much in the last two years and should be exceptionally proud of themselves that, you know, that they've gone back to school, that, you know, they're regrouping with friends. So anything that will encourage them, I suppose, to socialise a bit. But I don't know about you, but I find like they don't know how to make a phone call because they don't they don't ring well, people. Well, they, they, they just leave voice notes. That's, yeah. 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 <laughs> so like or simple se- things or 75 like ring texts. your granny to say thank you so much for the happy <laughs> birthday card. Like my, granny is the one that does all the talking. I, They're like, yep. I leave my granny yep. a voice note. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but yeah. But so. it's difficult. It's difficult for children now. It's difficult yeah. for parents. And I think the point of it all is that don't put yourself under too much pressure. No, none of us really know what we're doing. And we're just kind of, you know, if you think that such and such a person down the road or such and such a person up the road has it all sorted. They're it, winging it they're like all, the rest we're, of we're us. All, <laughs> we're all winging it. But you can pick up some tips from Nurse Elle Styler on Instagram uh, and they're just tips there's no Absolutely. preaching just tips no. that's the way to go I normally finish off the episode with uh, so what can people do starting Monday <laughs> but but I don't think it applies in this case because you, you're. I think parents are just doing their best aren't they and that's, and that's all we can ask we all to. are so start Monday keep doing your best you're doing a great job yeah that's it uh, thank you very much for joining us and uh, Linda that was enlightening and I, I feel like if I go back <laughs> If I could go back and do it all again. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck. Every day in Ireland, more than 200 people give up smoking. And with Nicorette, you could join them. Join the quitters with Nicorette, clinically proven to help you quit for good. Based on Healthy Ireland 2021, Nicorette contains nicotine. Stop smoking aid. Requires willpower. Always read the label.